love him. All right, you love him. Does he love you? Our mystery drama, The Fourth Reason, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars John Lithgow and Terry Keene. I'll be back shortly with Act One. It's your way of looking good. You're looking good. Having fun in summer like you should. Rainbow colored bangles, all kinds of earrings, terrific necklaces, and summery pins. That's what Avon, the world's leading creator of fashion jewelry, has for you this summer. You've got lots of things to do. So we bring Avon right to you. Where is that clerk? Can I help you? We have to see the hotel manager. Right away. I'll get him. In hurry. Oh, John. It's okay. It's our okay. vacation's ruined. Don't worry, Annie. Please, maybe we can find someone who'll... Hi, I'm the uh, hotel manager. Oh, listen, oh. We, we've lost our traveler's checks. All of them. What should we do? Well, what kind were they? Uh, American, American Express. Express. Right. American Express. Come on, I've got their number right here. Ah. You can call for help anytime from anywhere in the country with American Express traveler's checks. Ask for them by name. Remember what it was like when you were a kid looking for a summer job? Hello, Mr. Wilson, sir. Why, Johnny, I haven't seen you around in a while. Mr. Wilson, I was wondering if you might need someone to help out in the store this summer. You know, sweeping up, delivering packages. Well, I don't know. Things are a little slow. Please, Mr. Wilson, I'll really work hard. Things were tough then, but they're tougher now. Especially for a needy kid who needs a summer job. If you've got a job to give, call the National Alliance of Business. We're out to encourage business to get kids going on the right track. All we're asking you to give is a job to a kid who wants to work but hasn't been given a chance. A chance, like somebody once gave to you. Well, I guess I could use someone to sweep up at night. When can you start? Where's the broom? Give a kid a break. Give a kid a job. Call your local National Alliance of Business. Brought to you as a public service by this station and the Ad Council. say every nation has the government it deserves. If that's true, we can expand the basic proposition and say that every man has the wife he deserves, and every woman the husband. While we're thinking about that, we can concentrate on Mrs. Thomas Thatcher, Irene. Right now, she's at the airport. She's standing at gate 17, where Intercontinental's Flight 4 from Paris is disembarking its passengers. She waits and waits. Is it possible? Has he missed the plane? No, he would have called me. Uh, uh, sir, are there any more passengers on the Paris flight? That's all, ma'am. There's no Mr. Thacker on the list. Not Thacker. Thatcher. Thomas Thatcher. Well, it doesn't matter. 
What do you mean, it doesn't matter? Uh, I, I was going to say, it doesn't matter how you spell it, because there isn't anyone on the sheet whose name begins with T. That's impossible. <laughs> you think so? Out of 397 passengers. But I know for a fact my husband is supposed to be on that plane. Ma'am, according to this list, there's no Thomas Thatcher. There has to be. There's no passenger by that name. Nor was there any reservation made for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, please, listen. This is a transatlantic call. Yes. Don't put me on hold or anything. I must speak to Mr. Thomas Thatcher. Huh? Thatcher. Thomas Thatcher. Thatcher. Yes? Has he checked out yet? Who? Uh, Mr. Thatcher. Mr. Thomas Thatcher. Um, s'il vous plaît. Please hurry. I'm calling from America. Mr. Thatcher. No, no, he has not checked in. No, no, I want to know if he's still there. Oh. No, we have had no person named Mr. Thomas Thatcher. But he... He was a guest there until today. Madame, I'm so sorry. There's been no such person as Mr. Thomas Thatcher in the hotel. <laughs> yes, ma'am? Mr... Uh, Purvis, is that your name? George Purvis. I was told to come here to my congressman's office. That is, the police suggested that I see you. The police? The desk sergeant at the precinct. Oh, won't you sit down? Uh, um... Mrs. Thatcher, Irene Thatcher. Mrs. Thomas Thatcher. Yes, Mrs. Thatcher. I... I really don't know what to do. About what, Mrs. Thatcher? It's my husband... Last week, he left for Paris on a business trip. He told me he would be staying at the Lafayette Pershing Hotel and that he would be coming home on Thursday, the 19th, yesterday. He wasn't on the plane. He missed it? No, he... He hadn't even booked the flight. I mean, that is, they say he hadn't. Well, perhaps there was some last-minute change of plan. Well, he would have called me. Well, it's difficult sometimes to make overseas calls. Well, I didn't have any problem. Then you called him in Paris? He wasn't at the hotel. Had he checked out? They told me he had never checked in. They didn't know who he was. They had never heard of him. Oh. I went to the police, and this desk sergeant said there was nothing that could be done about it here. Oh, well, that's true. That it was a matter for the Paris police. He said I would have to take it up with the State Department. He was very nice because he saw the way I felt. I mean... <laughs> How do you go about taking up things with the State Department if you're an ordinary citizen? Well, it isn't easy, even if you're an extraordinary citizen. So he said to see you. Well, um, not you specifically, but to call at the local office of my congressman. I mean, that's the way to, uh, I guess, get some action. Yes, Mrs. Thatcher, the congressman is always available to help his constituents. Well, I'm not a registered member of the party. I... I didn't even vote last year. Oh, that doesn't matter. The congressman will do everything in his power to bring this matter to the attention of the proper authorities. Oh, thank you. I don't know what else to do. Mrs. Thatcher, you're not to worry. Just leave everything to the congressman. Oh, it's Mr. Purvis? Uh, yes, Mrs. Thatcher. Please, come in. I hope you have news for me. I do. It isn't very good, is it? I'm afraid not. Oh? Now, the congressman has friends in the State Department, and they had the embassy in Paris work very closely with the local police. Yes? 
No one has seen a man who answers your husband's description. They circulated his photograph. They've made inquiry. Well, surely they must have found some trace. How could he just disappear? I don't know. Well, there must be something someone can do. The congressman has done everything in his power. What am I going to do? I'm sorry, Mrs. Thatcher. Oh, I know. I should have done it then and there. Operator, uh, what's the number of intercontinental airlines? Mrs. Thatcher, just think for a minute. Yes. Uh, thank you. Mrs. Thatcher, before you call Intercontinental, ask yourself, what is there you can really do? I can go to Paris. But what will you accomplish? I will go to the police. The embassy has already done that. I'll do something. Well, Mrs. Thatcher, do you speak French? No. Do you know anyone? Do you have any friends there? No. You'll be a woman, all alone in a foreign country. The only place you can go to for help is the embassy, and they've done all they can. I have to go. But to whom could you turn? I'll find private detectives. Well, I'm sure they'll find you. They'll take your money, and they'll go through the motions for as long as you can afford them. Then what do you suggest? Look, I know it's difficult, Mrs. Thatcher, but you just have to wait. Wait? For what? I don't know. Maybe something will turn up. Uh, what more do I have to know about this appropriations bill, Purvis? I think that's about it, Congressman. Well, I better be getting back to Washington. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, I got a note from a fellow named Boggs in the State Department. Who is he, anyhow? Frederick Hamilton Boggs. That uh, sounds like it. Well, he's about a tenth assistant undersecretary. Uh, the thing said, um, we were glad to be of assistance to you in this matter... Please don't hesitate to avail yourself of our services again. Sorry. What kind of assistance did he give us? A Mrs. Irene Thatcher, her husband was due home from Paris. He didn't get off the plane. Turns out he didn't get on the plane. Well? Yeah, he never checked into the hotel he said he'd be at. Paris police can find no trace of him. What else? Uh, nothing, Congressman. That's the whole story. Is it? Why? Do you think it isn't? Well, the boys over at State, do you, do you think they really had the embassy look into it? Or was it just a routine phone call to the Paris police? Oh, what else is there to be done? Well, who is this Thatcher? I don't know. Well, find out. Any reason, Congressman? You never know what you can pick up, Purvis. Oh, Mr. Purvis, you have news for me? No, I'm afraid not. Oh. But we're interested in doing all we can. We don't know anything at all about your husband. I gave you his picture. You have all the relevant well, facts. Well, you, you say he was a businessman. Exactly what was his business? He was... He is an engineer, a consulting engineer. Yes? He designed new systems, technologies. I never did understand too much about it for um, oil companies. Was he successful at it? Yes, he was successful. He... He didn't like to talk business at home. You mean he didn't confide in you? Well, he couldn't, because I wouldn't be able to follow it. We never had to worry about money. We own this house and the two cars. We have stocks and some bonds and other things. If he should never return... Don't he... say that. Would you be well provided for? Yes, I would be. But... Why are you asking me all these questions? Because the more we know about him, the more leads we can uncover. 
You say you don't know much about his business. Did he have an office? Yes, upstairs in the den. Would you know any of his clients? Uh, there's, uh, Jack Toomey. He's president of an oil company. Mr. Purvis, please tell me. Do you think Tom was murdered? It, it doesn't do us any good to speculate. But is it possible? These days, anyone at all can walk down the streets of any city, anywhere in the world, and suddenly... That's how it is. Tell me, did your husband have enemies? Tom? Enemies? He was the most easygoing man in the whole world. Everybody was just crazy about him. Perhaps it might have been one of those random things. A, a hold-up. No. No. Now, look, we're talking as if Tom is dead. Isn't it possible that he might have amnesia? Yes, it's possible. And he could be wandering around the streets of Paris alone, helpless? He'd have been picked up by now. Then he's been kidnapped. You'd have received a note. Well, maybe... Maybe it wasn't for money. Maybe it's one of those political things. You know, terrorists. Then the government would have heard about it. What are you trying to tell me, Mr. Purvis? Right now, nothing. Let's just hope for the best. Morning, Purvis. I saw your message, Congressman, when I got back home last night. I took the first plane this morning. I want to talk to you about the Thatcher affair. Do you mean you had me fly here to Washington just on this Thatcher situation? You notice I said the Thatcher affair. Yes, but why? Because that's maybe what it can become. Why should a legitimate American businessman disappear under mysterious circumstances? I don't know. Well, would you like to know? Yes, I suppose. Do you think the American people would like to know? Oh, I see. Congressman, I'm not sure there's anything there for us. Well, neither am I. But there could be. What business was he in? He was an engineer. Uh, that sounds promising already. What did he engineer mostly? From what I gather, oil technology. Oil? Oh, don't look now, but we may have a natural... Maybe some international intrigue, espionage, sabotage. I don't know. It... It's an election year. I need an issue. You've got plenty of issues. I need an issue that's all mine. Like, what is our government doing about your neighbor, Thomas Thatcher? Has he been murdered, silenced? What is the real story? <laughs> How do you like it, Purvis? I'd like it if... If what? If we knew what the story was ourselves. How do we know she's telling the truth? Why should she lie? For instance, what if they're trying to pull an insurance fraud? I've got a hunch on this thing, Purvis. We could be involved with a threat to the security of our country. The very strength of our economy. Get to work on it. Orders are transmitted. Orders that superiors give to subordinates. Orders throughout history. Orders that have changed the face of the world. 
We don't actually have anything that cosmic, cataclysmic, or even apocalyptic in store for you. But who is Thomas Thatcher? What happened to him, and why? I shall return shortly with Act Two. Oh, great master. Yes? My daughter and I have traveled far to seek your wisdom. Is that your daughter with the, uh... Bag over her head. Bag. Yes, say hello, April. Hi. Why is she, Her cream uh... rinse gives her hair the greasy. Oh, daddy. Yes, that bag looks like it held a six-year supply of French fries. Thanks. What can we do, sire? Well, let's see here. Take the root of the imbo bush. I tried that. The juice of the beagle baby. Oh, nothing works. I'll have permanent greasies. Oh, no. Now, now, look, I'll tell you what my kids use. Agree cream rinse and conditioner. Agree? Agree? Yes, agree cream rinse and conditioner is 90 99% oil-free. Oh. So it helps stop the greasies. No more greasies. I won't have to brown bag it. Yes, my daughter's hair became so beautiful, she was elected homecoming queen at Guru U. Wow. How can I thank you for telling me about a green? Give me some advice. <clears throat> Should I let my daughter wear pantyhose? How old is she? 28. Oh, then I think... Both legs? Yes, both. Fine. You can search the wide world over and may never find anything that can help stop the greasies better than a green cream rinse and conditioner. And be sure and try a green shampoo. It help stop the greasies, too. Say, Harry. Yes? I came over, well, to check your consumer reports for the best 19-inch color TV. I'm just reading it myself. Consumer reports tested quite a few. GE, Hitachi, Magnavox, MGA, Panasonic, Pennies, Philco, Quasar, wow. RCA, Sears, Sharp, Sony, Sylvania, Wards, and Zenith. Fantastic. Uh, what about the ratings of... Hold it. First, I'm going to read my consumer reports and their road tests of five super economy cars. Gee, Harry, that's just what I need. Oh, no, you don't. Here's the phone. The phone? Here. Call 1-800-331-1000 free. Consumer Reports will send you the next 11 issues, their 1980 and 81 buying guide issues, plus their health handbook. That would cost $25.75, but it's yours for only $12. Including the 1980 buying guide to over 2,900 brand and model ratings that I always borrow? Yes, the $12 money-saving offer includes two buying guides and the medicine show. Can I really use your phone? Sure, it's toll-free. 1-800-331-1000. Call now. 1-800-331-1000. say the physicists, can neither be created nor destroyed. If it didn't exist in some form in the first place, you can never make it. And if it does exist, you can't do away with it. All right. While it's true that you cannot destroy matter, you can make it disappear. We're now talking about a finite quantity of matter named Thomas Thatcher. It seems that Mr. Thatcher is nowhere to be found. It's very kind of you to take me to lunch, Mr. Purvis. I read that article in the paper about Tom and how the congressman wants an investigation. I should take you to lunch. Mrs. Thatcher, do you consider me a friend? Yes, a very good friend. And I'd like you to call me Irene. I have to say something to you. And when I've said it, we may not be friends any longer. But at least we shall understand each other. What do you mean? Why won't we be friends? I said we may not be friends. Mrs. Thatcher, the congressman is going out on a limb for you. I certainly appreciate that. I won't, and certainly he won't, if it should turn out that this is a hoax. 
Why would I attempt such a thing? I don't know. Well, then how can you even suggest... Mrs. Thatcher, all I know is what you've told me. I really don't know anything about the relationship between you and your husband. We have friends. You could ask. Well, other people can only see the outside of a relationship. How do I know that you didn't murder him and, and bury him under the cellar floor and come up with this story as a cover-up? I could never have done that. I believe you. I took him to the airport. He told me when he was coming back. I waited for him at the airport, and that's all I know. Once again, I'm not prying, but I need this information. How did the two of you get along? We were very much in love. No fights, uh, arguments, uh, quarrels? No, none at all. He used to say, <laughs> Irene, are we normal? We never get mad at each other. Mr. Purvis. George. Yes. I have this terrible feeling. I know Thomas is dead. But we don't know anything. Yet. I've been getting calls from the papers and the radio and TV reporters that asking me all kinds of intimate questions. Well, you knew something like this would happen. It's news. It's a mystery. The media eats it up, and so does the public. But I'm a very private sort of person. For your own good... Be careful what you tell them. But I don't know anything. What can I tell them? Well, you know a great deal. First of all, how can you even be sure he went to Paris? Because he said so. Yes. And I told you I took him to the airport. Did you see him get on the plane? Yes. And did you see the plane take off? Well, no, I had a dentist appointment and I had to hurry back to town. And then he could have gotten off the plane. But why would he do that? That's what we're trying to find out. I'm not saying he did or he didn't. Was he under any pressures? I... I don't know. Was there anything unusual about his behavior recently? No, I don't think so. Did he owe anybody money? I told you, I don't know anything about his business affairs. I just... I just don't know what to do. At this moment, there's not much you can do. Except enjoy your lunch. How can I enjoy my lunch? You could try. Thank you, Mr. Purvis. George. George. You're very kind. Thomas Thatcher was a client of yours, Mr. Toomey. Yes, he was. Also a friend. A close friend? A real friend. What did you want to ask me? What do you make of his disappearance? Oh, I don't know. I, I just can't account for it. People usually disappear for three more or less general reasons. First, a money problem. No, I don't think so. He's doing very well. He was sitting on top of the world. Reason number two, women. Oh, I can't see that either. You rule out jealous husbands and that sort of thing? Definitely. What's your third reason? Enemies. His wife says he didn't have any. Do you agree? On the whole, yes. However, you... you never know. You may have enemies and be unaware of them. But if you do, there's usually a reason. Well, I don't know if this means anything. He was on the threshold. That's how he put it to me. He said, I'm on the threshold, Jack. I'm trembling on the verge of a revolution. He used that word, revolution? Mm-hmm. He was working on a fuel conversion process. I don't know any of the details... But it would have made gasoline almost as plentiful and as cheap as water. Oh? 
In theory, that could make him some very powerful enemies. He'd be stepping on a great many mammoth financial toes. But that's also speculation. Besides, I don't think anybody knew about it except me. And you're the first person I've told it to. Yeah. So, if there are three reasons for a man to disappear, none of them seems to take hold here in any practical way. Maybe there's a fourth reason. Fate. Fate? What does fate have to do with it? I don't know. That's why it's called fate. It, or she, or whatever, operates in some mysterious manner of its own. And we never know the reason why. He never said anything at all about an invention or a discovery, Irene? No, George. Not to me, anyhow. You say he used this room as his office? Yes. He had no other place of business? No. Not that I know of. Why are there so few papers here? Where did he keep his records? I suppose he kept a lot of them in his head. He had a fantastic memory. I think he was one of those people with total recall. Irene, I think we know each other well enough for me to ask you this question. You say you know very little about his work. Yes. What does that mean? It means exactly that. I know very little about his work. Why? You're a bright woman, intelligent. Am I to assume you cared very little about his work? Or that you were uninterested? It was very complicated. Well, I understand, but but obviously it was his whole life. I tried in the beginning, but for me to appreciate what he was doing, I would have had to be a geologist, an engineer. It just was a, another language to me. I simply couldn't learn it. Then the two of you really had nothing in common. Well, don't say that. Very few women are aware of the real nature of their husband's jobs. As a matter of fact, despite what you hear, most men and women prefer it that way. Man comes home from a hard day. He wants to put it behind him. Doesn't want to relive it with his wife. Well, I think I would want to. <laughs> you have an interesting job. It has its problems. Tell me about them. Oh, I wouldn't know where to begin. Begin at the beginning. Purvis. Who? The Secret Service. Finally, a little action. Send him in. Uh, come in, uh, Mr. Dakins. That's right. What can I do for you? You can level with me. Is the congressman trying to get reelected? Oh, sure. Is that a crime? What's he building here with this Thatcher situation? It's absolutely legitimate. A constituent comes in for help. We do precisely the correct thing. We go through channels to the proper government agencies to investigate. It's only after they prove ineffective that we try to do what we can. I'm sure. We have absolutely no ulterior motives. What's the uh, other side doing about this? The, the other side? What are you talking about, foreign agents? I'm talking about domestic agents. I'm talking about my competition. The CIB, the FBI. Oh. You haven't given this to either of them yet, have you? Well, nobody else has come in here to ask. Oh, they'll be here. Each of them will promise you the moon, but you work with us. We're the oldest and the most solid of all services. We work in a quiet way, but we get the job done. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Yes, I guess it is. Good. 
Thatcher belongs to us. I'll have to check it out with the congressman. Sure. We'll find Thatcher. We have ways. Purvis, I understand this fellow Dakins was in to see us. Yes, Congressman. He wanted an exclusive. Uh, did you make a deal? I don't think we should until we hear what the others have to offer. Well, we'll string them all along. <laughs> have all three working for us. Yes, sir. We're at a critical stage, Purvis. We need a shot in the arm. Okay, he's missing. The whole world is speculating. But we have to have a good, solid rumor to the motive. We've got it. Are you sure? An international conspiracy. <laughs> I like it already. What kind? Oil. He had made a discovery recently. He had? You know how you get water by turning the tap in your faucet? Well? You could get oil or gas or whatever in just about the same way. That's what he was supposed to have been working on just before he disappeared. <laughs> Let me sit down. How does it sound? Maybe I won't have to run for Congress again after this term. You mean you'd give up all your seniority to try for the Senate? The Senate? <laughs> Do you know what we're planting here, Purvis? Why, it's the kind of tree that makes a man presidential timber. <laughs> from little acorns grow, huh? And when you stop to think of it, many a man became president by writing a single issue right up to the White House door. But our friend the congressman and his assistant still have to jump the hurdle of the third act. I'm Susan Anton for Third Up Perfect Sleeper. It's a good feeling to sleep the night away on a perfect sleeper by Third Up. I love my Serta Perfect Sleeper because it gives me the top comfort I want and the deep support I need for a great night's sleep. Top comfort comes from plush layers of Serta Foam Puff quilted to quality fabric and fine upholstery materials. Inside, Serta's famous construction gives you the deep support you need. Underneath it all is the patented Serta Lock Foundation that perfectly complements your mattress. Top comfort, deep support. You get both from every Serta Perfect Sleeper. That's firmness it feels good. So, be a perfect sleeper. Harry, your Consumer Reports magazine is coming between me and my wife. My Consumer Reports? If you didn't share your Consumer Reports, Gladys and I would be much happier. My Consumer Reports? Yeah, I used to make bologna sandwiches for the kids, but Gladys won't let me anymore. Why not? Why not? It was your Consumer Reports that gave her the bad news about bologna. Consumer Reports just gave her the facts. Yeah, but they made her mad at me. Because you like bologna? No, because I ordered a new 19-inch color TV before we read in your Consumer Reports that we could have saved money with another model. Oh, come on. 
And another thing. Poor Harry. He should tell his friend to call toll-free 1-800-331-1000 and take advantage of our money-saving offer. You get 11 issues of Consumer Reports, the annual buying guide issues for 1980 and 81, plus the Medicine Show, our health and drugs handbook. It all costs $25.75, but it's yours for just $12. To order, call toll-free 1-800-331-1000. That's 1-800-331-1000. Call now. of all, but the game of only a few. Perhaps that is because truth is so fragile and elusive. Truth wears so many faces, it speaks with so many voices, and perhaps there is not one single great truth, but an infinite variety of smaller ones. Where are you taking me, George? I'd like you to stay with my aunt. Why? It might be dangerous for you to remain at home. Dangerous. Well, the situation has developed a life of its own. We really don't know who or what may be involved. Besides, it acts as a magnet for a host of freelance nuts. Oh. No, I, I said danger. It isn't really as dangerous as annoying. You'll be better off in, let's say, seclusion for a while. Tell me about your aunt. <laughs> She'll talk your ears off, but you'll enjoy it. She raised me. My parents sort of disappeared. Disappeared? How? Well, nothing very mysterious. My father lost his job and he just up and left. That's the last I ever saw of him. My mother became interested in some other man and she deposited me with Aunt Louise. And that's the last I ever saw of her. Hmm. Aunt Louise. I like the name. <laughs> You'll be all right. George? How long do you think I should stay? Well, just till some of the heat dies down. I was thinking, what if Tom were to return suddenly? He'd come home. I wouldn't be there. He wouldn't know where to find me. Irene, do you think Tom is ever coming back? No. I don't think so. Why? I don't know. Something told me as I stood there at the gate and... Watched the passengers come out. After the last one had stepped off and they closed the gate. I just knew somehow that I would never see Tom again. Hello, Mr. Toomey. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Is it about Tom Thatcher? Yes. Like everyone else, I can only speculate. I came here to discuss something. I... I, I... I don't even know what it means. Probably means nothing. Well, not if it's bothering you. It's something you said about fate. Fate? We were discussing the three logical reasons why a man would disappear. When none of them would seem to apply, you said... How did you put it now? You said, maybe there's a fourth reason. Fate. Yes, fate. And it wasn't until after you left my office that it occurred to me... Yes, Mr. Toomey. 
Uh, you and I are practical men, Mr. Purvis. We don't really believe in fate. Well, I'm not so sure. We use the word conversationally. Fate. But we'd like to think we're concerned with so-called practical things. Are you saying that fate then is responsible for Mr. Thatcher's disappearance? It would seem to me that fate can be definitely ruled out. Why? Because fate had the opportunity to get rid of Tom Thatcher and turned it down. I don't understand. Tom Thatcher was in a position to be carried off, killed by, let us say, fate. And he survived it. Let me tell you how it happened. I own a couple of hundred acres upstate. I've got a little hunting lodge. But we don't hunt. We just go up there to enjoy the woods, the outdoors. A little while before Tom left for Paris, he and I drove up there one morning. Tom loved to be out in the wilderness. He, he said it helped him to think better. And suddenly we heard a rustle in the bushes, and this big, beautiful deer broke cover and bounded past us. Then we heard shots. And Tom said... Hey, I thought you posted this place. I did, Tom. That must be a poacher. Tom. Tom, are you all right? Hey, hey, look, it's bleeding just above your temple. That one stung me. Are you all right? Well, it, it just grazed me, I guess. Like someone just drew a hot poker quickly across my head. Well, let's get back to the house. I'll, I'll get the sheriff. Look, right here in this tree... That's for the bullet point. See? Right here. If I was standing just a fraction of an inch to the left, I'd be dead now. That's all I needed. A fraction of an inch. There's a narrow escape, Tom. Let's go in and put some antiseptic on that. I wonder what it means, Jack. What, what, why did he miss me? Whoever he happens to be, I'm sure he wasn't aiming at you. You see, Jack, you get a concentration of circumstances. Oh, what? A coming together... Of me deciding to come up here with you today, of the poacher deciding to come to these woods, of the deer deciding to break cover, the poacher fires, the bullet misses. All right, Tom. It misses by the absolute limit of error. Anything closer and I'm dead. How do you account for it? Let's say it's fate. I know that. But why, why did you ask? Because I... I don't know what fate had in mind. Mind? What I don't know, and, and somehow have to figure out, did fate intend that poacher to miss me or to hit me? Tom, why don't you simply forget the whole thing? Well, what does it mean, Jack? What, what does it mean? It uh, wasn't much of a wound, Mr. Purvis, but I've never seen a man so badly shaken up in my life. Tom kept saying over and over, what does it mean? What happened afterwards? Well, I drove him back to the city and dropped him off the house. And? And that's all. The next day he left for Paris. I haven't seen him again. I don't know if I've contributed anything, but you're the one who brought up this whole business about fate. Irene, about a week before he left for Paris, your husband had gone up to the country with Jack Toomey. Do you remember how he was feeling just before he went? Well, he was in very good spirits, just the idea of going up to the woods. How was he when he came home that evening? Uh, he was depressed. I think he'd hurt himself. Yes? He had a piece of adhesive along his temple. I asked him what had happened. He wouldn't tell me. And he was mumbling something, the same words, over and over. Could you make them out? 
Well, he was saying... Wait. Let me tell you. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yes. Yes, how... How did you know? George, we got the notes from my TV appearance. And some results from that environmental study. Some facts about energy. Congressman, you're going to be interviewed about the celebrated Thatcher affair. Sure, but I've got to be knowledgeable about everything. Oh, I need some inflation statistics also. Okay. What's the matter, Purvis? You're wearing a long piece lately. It's out of keeping with the spirit around here. We're all upbeat. Well, I'd like to be upbeat myself. You should be. There's talk about my getting into some of the primaries. I know. I started it. Look, Purvis, you're just about the best man I've got. I need you. Now, what's wrong? I really don't know. I just have this uneasy feeling. About what? About this whole Thatcher affair. Why? I wish I knew. It's something which won't stop bothering me. Ah, stop worrying. Get home and get yourself a good night's sleep. Hello? Listen, do you want to know what happened to Thomas Thatcher? Well, who is this? Get on the interstate. And just past exit 12, there's a rest area. Uh, just a minute. Pull in there. I'll be parked near the first picnic table. Who am I talking to? Be there in 20 minutes. Mr. Purvis? What? Wait a minute. Yes, you're Tom Thatcher. That's right. What are you doing here? Why weren't you on that plane? Were you ever in Paris? Is someone after you? That's a whole string of questions. I want you to discontinue this whole business. What whole business? This investigation. This publicity. Look, once you start a ball rolling... You can stop it. Wait, even if we could, why should we? What are you running away from? I'm not running away from anything. I'm running towards something. What? I don't know yet. It'll be revealed to me in time. You think I'm crazy? No, I, I just... It's all right. I, if I heard someone else speak to me like that, I'd, as recently as a month ago, I'd think he was crazy. What are you after? Once again, I don't know what I'm after. I only know what I'm not after. I don't understand a word you're saying. My name is Thomas Thatcher. I'm a genius. But I've spent my life really doing nothing with my ability. But you're considered successful. What does that mean? I devoted my time and effort to adding to people's comforts. Well, that's bad. It made rich, comfortable people even richer and more comfortable. Is that wrong? It's not right. One day I was walking through the woods with my friend. A bullet from a poacher's gun grazed my head. Yes, I know about that. How easily it could all have ended. He wasn't aiming at me. But what made him sight just faintly to the right? Did he blink as he fired, or did he flinch? Was the cartridge faulty? 
an infinite number of things. Do you agree? All right, I, I agree. I could have been dead. Suppose I had been dead. What would have happened? You would have been buried. But suppose it was meant as a sign, as a, as a warning. Yes. The message, if any, was for me. The warning, if any, was for me. The lesson was for me. And the decision is mine alone. And what's that decision? Isn't it obvious? I'm dead. Tom Thatcher is dead. I want to start over. Begin again. You want to walk out on your wife? I've left her very well provided for. We're in love now because we thought we were in love earlier. There's nothing fresh, nothing new. After the shock wore off about my disappearance, she realized she didn't really love me. She's more attracted to you. Look, I wasn't trying to... It doesn't matter. I want her to be happy. If all you want to do is disappear, why did you reveal yourself to me now? Because I want you to end this whole affair. I can't. The congressman smells blood. If this thing is kept at fever pitch, I run the risk of discovery. And I won't be a free agent. I want to live in my own way. But how can we stop it? Stop feeding it. After a while, it'll all die down. But the congressman... He's already gotten enough mileage out of it. Convince him to be a, a statesman. You don't know him. Just tell him if he doesn't cut it out, I'll make an appearance. Say I was suffering from amnesia and he'll look like a fool. Oh, now, that's the kind of language you can understand. I'll make sure. Because if I'm discovered, Irene will feel duty-bound to stay with me. And where will that leave you? So goodbye, Mr. Purvis. Where are you going? I couldn't give you the answer. I'm going where... Fate is taking me. That is, if there is such a thing as fate. Is there? We just don't know. We say about certain things... It has to be. But who decides? And why? So often, so many people simply disappear. And no one ever knows or can ever find out why. Is it fate? I shall disappear too, but only for a short while. I can't wait to meet your daughter, sir. Well, I'll call her. Evie! What? C come here, would you? This better be good. She's got a lot of spots. Yes. What is it? Evie, I'd like you to meet a nice young man. Oh, no. My hair looks dirty. Daddy, how could you do this to me? I want to die. <clears throat> I'm afraid her cream rinse makes her hair a little greasy. May I suggest agree? Of course you'd agree. All you have to do is look at her. No, no. Agree cream rinse and conditioner. It helps stop the greasy. Really? Sure. After I shampoo, I use agree cream rinse and conditioner and... and Help stop the greasy. Right. Gee, it sounds like I would like agree too. Well, agree cream rinse and conditioner is ninety nine percent oil free. Evie, stop crying. I'll go get some agree. And after you use it, I'll drive you to the movies. Okay, Evie? No. Why not? Because you got a creepy car. What? It's a brown station wagon. I hate station wagons. 
Some conditioners contain oils that can cause the greasies. But Agree Cream Rinse and Conditioner is 99% oil-free. And try Agree Shampoo. It helps stop the greasies, too. I'm glad you decided to come to the movie. Your hair looks great. Thank you. I love your station wagon. A message from CBS News. As the Democrats build their convention platform, many Americans have questions about the vital issues the party will debate. In Hartford, Connecticut. In my business, I'm a stockbroker. I'm finding that uh, more and more people cannot live the way they've been accustomed to living. In fact, one of my best customers is having to sell her house simply because she can't afford to heat it with the oil. Do the Democrats have an answer? Complete convention coverage continues this week on the CBS Television Network. Hi, I'm Jean Stapleton. If you need information on child care, health care, non-sexist education, abused women, displaced homemakers, legal rights, credit, or any other topic concerning women, write or call the Women's Action Alliance. That's the Women's Action Alliance, 370 Lexington Avenue, New York, New York, 10017. Call 212-532-8330. turn away from the tasks they've been devoted to all their lives. Without warning or even reason, suddenly they are gone. If not physically, then they become someone so completely new and different that in a very real sense, it can be said that they are born again. Included John Lithgow, Terry Keane, Cork Benson, and Arnold Moss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. Suicide Prevention Center continues to work saving lives and wants to find more volunteer staff members. If you know of anyone who might be considering suicide, get them to call 875-5466. If you are interested in working as a volunteer at the Suicide Prevention Center, call 875-5466. The requirements include a screening interview and 40 hours of training. 
This volunteer job requires sensitive, strong, very conscientious, and stable people. If you have had experience in a hospital or school, for example, you may have a good background for volunteer work in crisis intervention. I'm Al Freeman, reminding you the number to call is 875 546